1: He did. hello everyone welcome back to road of overtime on road of radio brought to you by blue wire my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at overtime ireland and as always i'm joined by my co-host here on the show it is sean siegel one of the co-owners at road of one of the co-hosts of the stadium bananas podcast along with ben gretch sean there's something a little bit different i guess about today's show i just can't seem to put my finger on it it might be that the the nfl season is here
2: it might be, or it might be the fact that we've all drafted uh, almost <laughs> around the clock in the last week. So we have more teams. We now have it very crystallized in terms of which players we're going to be rooting the hardest for. Uh, sometimes that matches almost exactly with our priority targets, and sometimes uh, a few guys who are definitely on our consider them sheet, but maybe they, they weren't the top guys, but because of, of where we ended up drafting, the person continued to fall. and Sometimes you realize you're a lot higher on someone than you realized when you're sitting there on the clock over and over, and it just keeps coming back to that same name. Now, uh, sometimes if you're drafting with other people, you find that someone that they like a lot tends to rise up a little bit simply because it's a good compromise choice. So we'll be talking about a few of those today, but Colin, we're just a couple of days away now.
1: Yeah, it's, uh so we're recording this one on tuesday it is the 7th of september so we're pretty much about getting close to 48 hours away from the season kickoff and then of course we have uh sunday where all things really heat up i think they're like come saturday evening i think there's gonna be a huge excitement just of the fact that we're gonna have basically a full slate of games uh just in such a short period of time i don't know what we're going to do with ourselves sean when the excitement really gets to you know when, when it all does kick off on, on sunday but i'm really looking forward to it we've been doing this all off season we didn't stay i don't think we would get a single week off sean the whole way through the off season since the end of last season and Uh, we kept talking about it's getting closer it's getting closer but it is here and it uh, it feels like it may have creeped up but like you mentioned drafting over the last uh, seven to ten days has uh, really filled in some of those uh, gaps there wasn't too many free moments to have but it's going to be exciting and really looking forward to it on today's show Sean mentioned the players that we have drafted and uh, the exposures to the some of those players we are going to talk about that a little bit on today's show to let you know who we drafted and it won't be uh, too much of a surprise to our listeners who know that when we talk about players they are the players that we draft uh, that a lot of the players we do talk about will be on this list but as sean mentioned there might be a few surprises in there that uh, seem to be the uh, pick to make at that particular moment while on the clock but sean the priority targets you've uh, a piece up on the website uh, recently talking about some of the priority targets and who you should be trying to get from pretty much any draft slot so um, what what do you want to highlight in that recent piece
2: so the the 30 priority targets came out uh, at the end of last week and i go through i basically tell you to you know get this guy at all costs draft this guy who fits or avoid for every player in the top 150 and so that should set you off to a very good start in all of your different drafts. We know that, uh, you know, this is going to release Tuesday afternoon, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, a lot of your favorite home leagues are going to go. And so, I mean, those are the drafts that we want to win the absolute most, right? The highest uh, priority drafts for all of us. So that's going to be there. You can check that out. You can use that as a little bit of a guide. Obviously it's skewed a little bit in favor of this sort of, you know, two running back, two to three wide receiver, you know, one to two flex type of system, if you're playing in half PPR, if you're p- playing in standard, you can kind of get a sense of who the player targets are, but you might need to take them in slightly different spots than what their ADP is for that kind of format. But Colin, I don't think it's a huge surprise to anyone. Kind of as you mentioned that right off the bat, two of the big names in round one there, Tyreek Hill, Stephon Diggs. We know that if we have the 101, we want McCaffrey. We know that if we have the 102, the Alvin Kamara now is creeping up into that range, things that kind of settled down there in New Orleans. But If you don't get one of the two superstars, then obviously if you're in tight end premium, you looked at Travis Kelsey. If you're not, then we looked at some of these other guys. Now, Devontae Adams is a little bit more expensive. If you're playing in a league where it's week 13, week 14 playoffs, uh, then a little bit less interesting with that buy. But Tyreek Hill, Stephon Diggs, huge upside for the 2021 season. And uh, I drafted a lot from lower slots this last week huh? uh subscribers I, I thought to,
1: you were uh, exclusively from the 9 spot that was, you you said you would only draft from the 9 spot this year.
2: That's right. Only draft from the 9. The first four main events were all from the 109. I've done nine main events at this point. Eight of them are from the 108 or later. And that does shake things up a little bit in that you're trying to find a little bit of variety within that area. It also gives you a kind of tight range of players who are the value in sort of rounds one and two. The values in rounds three and four, you can go off script a little bit more after that. But yeah, Ben and I drafted a bunch of drafts in a row from those spots. Uh, We had the Rotovis team drafts again last night. We drafted two at a time. It was a lot of fun with Curtis, Dave, Blair. We had the 108 and the 110. Those teams actually look pretty similar through the first four rounds. Uh, Blair and I did our draft trying to defend our main event title and 31st place overall finish from last year. It's kind of funny because Blair obviously would have been sort of more than anybody else and everybody is very friendly and excited. Ben obviously very excited to go zero RB. We've talked about that a lot this season. Blair likes to only take wide receivers.
1: He's literally zero RB.
2: Yeah, exactly. And and Colin, you and I can go pretty zero RB, right? We uh, did a draft in the FBG that you got a lot of uh, entertaining interaction with on Twitter there. Uh, we had the 102 in that one and we used it on Kelsey and then a bunch of wide receivers. So we'll see how that goes. We have to get our waiver selections in for that one. And then we have a fun draft with our buddy Anthony Amico that we started talking about waivers for as well. But so Blair and I did have the 101, that was the one time it's kind of funny that uh, Blair would be the guy who gets Christian McCaffrey when everybody else had to kind of take the dregs. So that kind of brings us back to this idea of who the top targets are Tyree Kill, Stefan Diggs, and then Colin. One of the things that we wanted to talk about is kind of how this played out in our actual events, and so. Kind of interesting. The numbers that pop up here. No one will be a surprise that KJ Hamler was my most drafted player in the main events. But you kind of expect that kind of thing to happen. It's the it's the late guys that you can get without sort of any kind of price issue that you know you'll have on more or less every team. Uh, Pat was kind of similar at tight end. But some of the more expensive guys that popped up for me. Uh, Ben and I did a show where we predicted the 2022 first round and I had Barkley Taylor and DeAndre Swift all in the first five picks. The Swift pick especially is the one that's very controversial there. If Barkley and Taylor are able to stay healthy, then, you know, they should perform well enough over the second half of the season to start to climb up. And they are the, you know, the two biggest talents probably outside of McCaffrey and Camara. And so, All you really need is for their offenses not to be as bad as it looks like they might be. (laughs) So we'll see if they can move a little bit more in that direction. Swift, more controversial, but also the price very much in that range where if you're drafting in the back half, then when it comes to that three-four turn, the wide receiver value is just is bad, right? We talked about one of the advantages that drafters in the first half have is that in round three the first half of round three just beautiful wide receiver options the first half of round five gorgeous wide receiver options not the same if you draft at the back so it's not just that you don't get McCaffrey you know you don't get those guys but I mean you're not going to give up and quit and say oh you know we can't win you're going to take the values that present themselves even if those values are a little bit riskier so I ended up with DeAndre Swift as my most owned running back Swift, Barkley, five teams, four teams, respectively. Uh, I think that that's a little bit of a surprise. These teams are extremely wide receiver heavy outside, really, of those two guys. And then at the wide receiver position, uh, column listeners know that I've had Higgins in the second round all offseason. We have been taking him kind of in that round four range because, you know, we don't get the the value at the four or five turn. That's that's not where we're selecting. But because of that the guy who ends up becoming the value on the Bengals, kind of wrapping back through either at the end of five or the beginning of six is jamar chase he had the bad camp which pushed him down he's been doing a little bit better joe burrow's been coming on a little bit and there's a lot of risk in this pick as well or at least a lot of projection you're not necessarily going to get the value of that pick in the first three or four weeks of the season but We look at Chase, we know what he did at LSU. We know from Matt Spencer's wide receiver prospect model. We know from a lot of the advanced stats we have. We know from where he was drafted that Chase probably the best wide receiver prospect since at least Amari Cooper, right? And so you look at what some of these rookie wide receivers have done in the last three or four years. We know this is an accelerated trend. It's easier for them to score more quickly. And Chase was someone who was pretty compelling there. So uh, unfortunately column i'm in a sort of a rooting position where even though i have a lot of higgins i'm now also on to chase and then also on to joe burrow the most heavily drafted qb how does this fit with your exposures through your uh, main event that we did your fbg drafts some of the uh, we did a lot of listener leagues some of the best ball formats who, who are you highest on in terms of the guys you've actually drafted these last a uh, couple of weeks this last month
1: yeah, it's, there's going to be a, quite a bit of crossover. As I mentioned at the start, a lot of the guys that we're drafting are going to be guys we're talking about. But it is interesting to see that you do have Chase in five of those main events and you have Higgins and three of them. So I just want to check for us. Is there any crossover on those teams or is it solely split between the two?
2: No, Ben and I do have a team that is Higgins in four, Chase in five. Uh, that one was especially demoralizing because uh, we'd had all the ninth picks, Right. That one, we get the 10 slot. And in that draft, Jerry Judy comes back to the 509, is selected there. Uh, We were really too heartbroken to think properly. Selected, Chase. Uh, Debo Samuel comes back to the 709. And so we take Jalen Waddle. So uh, after our guys came off the board in that one, we went ahead and took these rookies, drafted in the top 10. Waddle, somebody who probably not as good a value as Fuller, but has been... You know, just the talk of Miami Dolphins camp. So have a little bit more of him than I expected as well. One of the things that does happen in some of these drafts where our boards are so public, obviously the the rankings are there, the articles are there, uh the podcasts are there, I've run across so many listeners to OT. I think we even had some questions on the show from some folks who listen to OT, uh, participate in the main events. I think we Ben and I drafted against uh, several OT listeners talked about one after the show. And I, kind of, I was looking at it later and some of the running backs were not guys that I would have necessarily wanted in a zero RB build that I was looking at. it, like, I, I think that the commentary after the show, while generally in the right direction, probably missed the point because the prices that the drafter got on Miles Sanders and Melvin Gordon, and there was a third running back who's not really on our target list, but oh, Raheem Mostert, you know. So, I mean, about 15 pick discounts on these guys. And once you get into that range, I mean, Melvin Gordon's still talented, right? I mean, Javante Williams has been the absolute talk of fantasy. I mean, he's risen by a full round just in the last week. But Melvin Gordon still a talented guy. The Denver offense looks like it's going to be good. Miles Sanders, I, I'm really all in on Kenny Gainwell at this point. But Miles Sanders is the starter, right? You're talking about a guy who's extremely athletic. We like this offense. You know, that player in round six and then Mostert as well. I mean, he's the starter. So some interesting things there. I love the draft that uh, that listener did. But with it being so public, if people do want to go in and look and kind of see where we are on some of these guys, <laughs> the, they can't that. do that. like will fuller right he's the best value in in all of fantasy and yet in my actual drafts he went about three rounds before adp and so my exposure is you know far lower than i would like so that's too bad but i mean obviously we love the fact that people are listening to the show reading the site so i mean that's not a complaint it's just something that does (laughs) factor into some of our drafts
1: yeah it's it's one of those things that when i'm in those drafts now i do tend to see like a, you know who's starting off with maybe a a rotoviz style approach and sometimes then you're kind of trying to see who they're going to take because like we found out in the listener league kj hammer was going <laughs> five or six rounds ahead of adp but you do see some of those changes happening in those leagues and you mightn't always get those targets but the reason i asked you that is one of the last uh, football guys drafts i did i did take jerry judy but i also took Cortland sutton and they're two guys like and i kind of flipped the script on what i was doing there because i was drafting sutton more earlier in the off season in the kind of fifth round range and then obviously the concerns around his injuries and um you talked a lot about jerry judy so it, i had kind of changed that around but that was the first team i ended up with both of them on and I, i'm never against the situation we did that too with the eagles in one of our drafts picking up two of their wide receivers just to see how things play out but uh, i've talked about it a few times uh the fear in my system is that james connor uh, gets injured in week one or something goes bad uh, he is a player that I have selected on the most occasions uh, DJ Moore at wide receiver we've talked and joked a lot about Matt Ryan Sean this off season between him and Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, he makes the grade as the third highest uh, drafted player for myself but the players that are in here I'll run through some of them quick but we have uh, Hubbard Noah Fant, Chenault, Darrington Evans who's uh, out at the minute obviously KJ Hamler, Darren Waller, CD Lamb uh, philip Lindsay, Gio bernard rondell moore calvin ridley ronald jones t higgins Ayuk, and then joe burrow i probably would highlight joe burrow as uh out of all the out of all the football guys drafts i've done he's on every single roster so uh hoping for big things there but in terms of sean how they they have fitted in there i do think hamler is somebody that we're probably trying to get every single draft we can as you said about your main events i think there's and I know you wanted Aaron Rodgers to be with the Broncos this year, but the, the offense still has a huge upside um, with those three wide receivers that they have, with Noah Fant, and and you mentioned already the two running backs. So I'm excited to see what the offense can do. So I do have uh, Fant very, very heavily involved in, in those lineups. Chenault, I've talked about all offseason. I've pretty much started drafting him when he was at his lowest cost and continue to draft him all the way to his highest cost. Um, and CeeDee Lamb then, obviously, like, it's no surprise either to the listeners when I'm in a podcast weekly with Sean Siegel or three times a week and we're talking about these players uh, I'm going to be very interested and there's going to be a crossover between those but like you mentioned Sean when you're in certain draft spots and I think that's a big part of how some of these uh, teams come about in terms of who you're continuously drafting if you're in the back half of those first or the first round you're going to end up probably hitting on some of the same targets and earlier this offseason it was possible to get cd lamb at the back of the third you know now that's long gone so the back ends of the draft have got less and less exciting as the process has gone on but um i think what we've probably done in a few drafts and um i i have i I think it's the right way to go rather than to pick those players that you're just all at the minute is picking those guys maybe half around or around ahead of adp and we've done that in a number of occasions um, who are young, who are probably heading into second or third seasons who can have that breakout uh, and and then have a really successful season. I think a lot of people get into the fourth, fifth round and take just the player who's highest ADP who maybe is the safest role, but um I think you have to be have to be taking those risks there as well. So there is quite a bit of uh, overlap. Um, but uh, yeah, a huge part of my running back uh, season is going <laughs> is going depend on James Connor.
2: Yeah, Connor, and I'm looking at, our FBG draft that was the true and <laughs> fairly extreme zero RB draft. The only running back we had before round 14 was James Conner. Uh, this one also sort of illustrates the reason why, uh, sadly, I'm a little bit lower in terms of exposures on some of my favorite guys. This draft, we went Travis Kelsey, Justin Jefferson, CD Lamb, DJ Moore, T. Higgins, Levis Chenault, Devante Smith, then Connor there at eight. We came back and took Will Fuller and Elijah Moore because those are fantastic values. Uh, we made sure to get Joe Burrow in round 11. Uh, we might've been able to get the value there a little bit later. Some drafts, uh, we played chicken and got him. Some drafts, we played chicken and, and somewhat uh, absurdly didn't when, when he would have been the, the best choice. But again, trying to get 100% Joe Burrow is probably not necessary. Come back Henry Ruggs, Cole Komet, and then we get to the running backs late and we'll have to do some work on waivers to be ready for week one. But a lot has changed in just the last couple of weeks, so there are some good waiver options there. We won't uh, give away exactly what we're going to bid since we definitely need running backs. But in that draft, we're able to take more at the end of round four, T. Higgins the beginning of round five, LaVisca the end of round six. Those guys, basically we had to take them around ahead of ADP in order to get them on these drafts where we're drafting from eight to 11 And so sometimes actually made the reach sometimes passed uh, in all of those drafts. One of the reasons why we have quite a bit of Barkley and Swift is you're thinking, okay, well, if we're doing 10, doing 11, you know, that kind of thing, maybe doing 20 overall between the main event and the other events, then it's going to balance out eventually. And we'll have some picks in that three, four, five range, you know, get some of these guys. We want to be exposed to Barkley and Swift, when we get those late picks and then we can kind of move back and get these other guys when we get the early picks, but then you don't get the early picks. Right. And so then you end up a little bit skewed, but again, I think that's okay. Right. I mean, you have to take the top guys on your board. We talk a lot about zero running back, but if you're going to come off of that, then it's going to be in a situation where you have the players ranked a lot higher. Now I realize that one of the reasons why these guys are available is there are some pretty serious injury concerns talking to a bunch of injury experts it doesn't seem like the Barkley thing is actually that big a deal and uh, the biggest issues there are just actually structurally with the offense and with the quarterback play and what they're going to do it's probably not the injury and DeAndre Swift it seems the injury experts are a little bit more concerned about him you know is this actually a sports hernia you know could he be somebody who plays the whole season injured maybe it's a little bit worse and he's out At the same time, there's also this element where it kind of sounds like the coaches have talked about this in a way to kind of try and maintain or lower expectations, just kind of keep everything in check when Swift is more or less fine. At the same time that there's this rhetoric going out that, you know, oh, we're not sure if he's ready for week one, that he's been a highlight reel in camp (laughs) during you know, at practice. And so, you know, practice is practice. Just ask Allen Iverson. It's not the same thing. You got to go out there and be healthy enough to play in the games and do this stuff at the NFL level. But one of the reasons we're on Swift is that when he was on a college football field, he was electric. When he was on the field last year with his bad Lions team as a rookie, you know, he was fantastic. And so we don't have a lot of concern about how good DeAndre Swift is on a football field. Hopefully that plays out. But one of the things that we do discuss and I think I'm more comfortable with this than a lot of drafters are. It's not something I'm pushing other people if they're not comfortable with it, but I would prefer to go big. And if some of my teams get wiped out by injuries, that's one of the areas where zero RB kind of pulls you through. You can take some risks because you have this high floor. You've got these wide receivers. You're still do okay in the flex. You can add other running backs through waivers. If Swift is out. Yeah, I mean, if he doesn't play and doesn't play well, then those teams are going to be a lot worse than if he does. But I prefer to go for the big wins, to have a team that can crush people in the semis and finals, to have teams that can be in the top 100 as opposed to taking safer players where, you know, yeah, I mean, maybe you're going to finish fourth, you're going to finish fifth, you're going to be in it. You're not going to look back after week two and be like, well, I've ruined my season. But also you're not going to be there at the end. Right, and so if you feel comfortable with that, do it. If you don't, you know there are other choices, right? I mean, it's not like in the third round you've got to go and pick someone terrible. The other thing that was a little bit frustrating is just is that TJ Hawkinson had this ADP kind of at the three four turn, but he was gone at our third round pick almost every time. TJ Hawkinson looks like he's going to light the world on fire when you have this combination of volume and talent. I mean, if not for the section of camp that he missed with some injury i think that he might have risen to the beginning of the third round he's looked that good when he's been available and the volume situation is that friendly for him to you know lead the nfl in targets at the tight end position so you combine those two things he's got Jared goff you know, you're going to get defensive attention when the team has no wide receivers but this is a fantastic situation for him sadly he didn't make it but we do have some exposure and excited to see what he can do with the Lions' column we're going to do some bold predictions that go kind of with these teams that we've built for the show on thursday Uh, but here in the second half we're going to talk a little bit more about some things you can do for these last drafts over the next couple of days
0: hey rotoviz radio listener this is curtis patrick from the dynasty command center podcast and i've got a special deal for you today go to rotoviz.com click the subscribe button put the 12 month subscription in your cart and use promo code RV radio, 2021 that's RV radio, 2021, and you're going to save 10%. Taking advantage of this deal, getting your hands on what's included in the package is the best way to enhance your performance this year. So go to rotoviz.com and subscribe now.
1: So Sean, the last drafts uh, of the season, I guess we can say, are coming up at the moment Um, for redraft purposes. Obviously, there'll be a lot of trades going on in Dynasty Leagues, not just to get those final touches on your roster. But you did a piece over the, the last week looking at some takeaways that would help you dominate those Labor Day weekend drafts. But obviously that Labor Day has passed, but the drafts are still ongoing all the way up to kickoff this Sunday so uh do you want to highlight a couple of the the key findings that you have i would obviously recommend the listeners head over and check this and if you are drafting the piece we talked about on the first part of the show does have a snippet and everything for each player as to why they are either a target or an avoid. Uh, and I would highly recommend if you are still drafting or even if you're not, just to see where some of the values maybe for in season trades might come in uh, if you wanna target some players that maybe you hadn't previously been looking at. But Sean, seven takeaways are listed in the piece. Which takeaways uh, do we wanna highlight here on today's show?
2: Well, the first one is that if you want Gus Edwards or Damien Harris, you're gonna to have to, to pay a lot, right? Edwards is now going toward the end of round five. We saw him over the last couple of days go even earlier than that. Now that very sadly Justice Hill has torn his Achilles. I mean, Gus Edwards is, is going to be uh, the guy, right? And so he, he's going to have a little backup there, but there, you know, when your team is trying out Le'Veon Bell, you know, the starter is, ramped up for a bunch of work i haven't been on edwards i didn't think it made sense in terms of the profile there with lamar jackson taking a bunch of the work not having the receiving upside sometimes you can kind of be right and at the end you're you're completely wrong because circumstances do continue to change edwards is a good example of the way in which these zero rb targets and he wasn't a target of mine right but these Backs who are inexpensive all offseason are then league winners for you in a way that wide receivers, it just doesn't work, right? And so uh, even though I wasn't drafting a lot of zero RB, drafters were, and they've already benefited hugely from that. Uh, Damian Harris, kind of a tricky one there. There are going to be some guys in the zero RB update uh, that will come out later today that I like a little bit better for taking advantage of that Patriots backfield. Colin, we were just kind of talking about it, that tight end, it remains both tricky and crucial. This is kind of the second takeaway from the article. Uh, When Ben and I were drafting in one of our Stealing Bananas main events, we actually got Hawkinson in round four. So I mentioned he was gone mostly before a third round pick. There was a team where we got him in round four that felt like a pretty crazy value, even though it's just kind of a handful of picks. But the 404, I mean, that's exciting because now you've got really that extra value in there. And the other guys in that draft, it was sort of a weird one because the rest of the tight ends were extremely expensive, right? Kyle Pitts went with the first pick in round three, Logan Thomas went at the five eleven. He's kind of uh, solidified in that range. We love Logan Thomas, but uh, kind of when we were doing our team draft last night, the five six turn is maybe a little bit early for me in this particular format. I was one of the earliest people to take him in the fishbowl, I love him there. I, I mean, you've got to be looking at some other things in, at that end of five, I think. But you and I have him a lot. We're, we're not necessarily criticizing that price. Tyler Higby 702. Robert Tanyan, 703. Tanyan, a guy we were kind of looking at in the nine ten range. He was available there a lot. You know, not available there as much now. John Smith at 803. Mike Kosicki at 805. And it continued along through that. And you kind of think of, okay, what's the cost? What are you giving up at that point? And so, you know, those guys, Higby, Tanyan, those types of players, you're giving up guys like Debo Samuel, Michael Gallup, Will Fuller. I don't feel like that's a good trade. Whereas, you know, you look at the, the early guys, you look at, you know, even taking a Travis Kelsey and a Jaron Waller in round one. I mean, that feels like a better trade still than giving up some of these guys who are available late
1: yeah no i would definitely agree with that and um yeah those tight ends we've talked about it and i had a few questions come in you know for from listeners from uh you know non-tight end premium leagues and i know we talk a lot about the fpc but it it can be you know that part of when you hear people talking about it make sure it's the, the the key format and there is tight end premium and things like that Um, to make sure you're balancing drafting those players and having the right format to have those upsides but um, super super excited for some of the tight ends we've drafted this year we'll see what is going to happen Um, Sean we will tease the listeners to check out uh, the rest of it but there is some running backs in it that you know you can grab late um, there's Thursday night options as well to talk about um, and, and lots of other stuff so I'd highly recommend the listeners head over check out the the full piece that is seven takeaways to help you dominate your drafts this week if you haven't already drafted but like I say there's lots of information in any piece that Sean has up on the site or any piece in general up on the his website that's going to help you, uh, you know, from a structural perspective or from a thought perspective throughout the season as well. So head on over and check those out. If you haven't signed up already for a his Pass, there's no better time than the present. Uh, we are going to be heading in. To week one that is very very close we can almost taste it so um, make sure you sign up get yourself a 10 percent discount when you're added as a loyal podcast listener you can use the code rv radio 2021 at checkout or else go to rotobiz.com forward slash podcast for more information that will give you a 10 percent discount off the one year pass We will have two further shows this week we'll have thursday show and saturday show to get you ready for the season sean mentioned earlier we're doing bold predictions we are going to be talking a little bit as well about how to manage zero rb in season and we'll be touching on some of the players and the updated zero rb list as well so don't miss out on that one make sure you're subscribed to the road of his radio podcast feed and of course the road of his overtime podcast feed get the shows once they go live they do go up on the ot podcast feed a little bit earlier so get them as soon as you can drop us a written interview on your favorite podcast app until we're back on thursday have a good one